Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Steven Sadak. And we hate movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. If you are new to our fine program, thank you so much for checking us out. We appreciate you taking some time out of your commute to dedicate to us, you know? Right? And so this is this is weird because this is the final episode of our Oscar month, even though the Oscars were two days ago. So either congratulations, Michael Keaton, or sorry, Michael Keaton. <laughs> we don't know next, yet. You get her next time, champ. We are recording, you know, the Thursday before the Oscars. We're all pumped, but... Hey, you know, nobody knows. This is weird. Are you really pumped for the Oscars, though? No, because actually in my line of work, it means depending upon things that win or lose, there's a whole lot of bullshit for me to do on Monday morning. Sure. So, yeah, it's kind of like a, it's like an extra work thing I have to pay attention to. So, no, I'm not psyched for it at all. I'm just sort of, I've always been nonplussed. I mean, I I like the Oscars. I like the pageantry of it. Oh, oh, yes. You see them come out there and strut (laughs) their stuff. Who is the best movie in the universe this year? I mean, to me, there is something like the tradition of watching it. I've watched it like every year since I was a kid. Oh, I'll watch it every year. It's a cheesy award show just like anything else. It doesn't mean anything. I hope, again, because we're recording this in the past. I hope that Neil Patrick Harris was a good host. He's fantastic. Wait, wait, wait. This is the past? No, oh, this well, is... All right, I won't... Okay, I won't spoil it. Well, actually, Eric, we're all long dead. <laughs> wait, oh. Oh, sh- oh shit. Yeah, dude. We're a bunch wait. of ghost white noises. R.I.P.D., dude. We're all in oh the my white God. noise. We're just voices on a podcast? Yeah, we're just voices, dude. We haven't existed for years. Oh, my God. Oh, like, we're, Don't you remember, dude? We recorded Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and then there was that gas explosion, and all four oh of us God. died. We all went into the soundboard, and then into the Mac, and then yeah. we went... We're internet ghosts? Yeah, dude. We're ghosts in the machine. Ugh. Well, there's the worst things to be. <laughs> I guess that's true. You could be in White Noise. So this is White Noise from 2005. It's directed by uh, Jeffrey Sachs. Now, it's, yeah, it's a movie, White Noise. It's not uh, White Noise like the December new album and or people talking about Jimmy Fallon or yelling, Yee-haw! That's definitely white That's noise. definitely a white, the whitest <laughs> noise you could make is saying, Yee-haw! All right, can we do, because we've all been doing it before we went on the air. Go around and we'll do like who has the best white noise impression. So Steve, we'll start with you. All right, so that's pretty good, Eric. Hey, stop it! I'm gonna die. All right, now here's me. Now, now tweet at us at WHM Podcast who you think had the best white. Uh, noise. Tweet at our ghosts, well, please. Tweet at our ghosts. <laughs> Yes, but also please adjust all the levels and that and those moments of audio and see if there's any haunting messages. Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, this movie is like, I hope you like watching Michael Keaton look at shit. The movie Michael Keaton look bored the entire time. He's thinking oh, about everything but being in white noise. Well, you know, speaking of shit, real quick, I just wanted to address something. Now, if, if you haven't heard last week's episode on the Seventh Son, mm-hmm. Steve brings up this mailing garbage idea to people oh right not a great segue but i don't want to forget this <laughs> i don't want well, to forget this is the b minus of a segue whoa, whoa whoa i did say speaking of shit <laughs> did i had i just recently said shit someone some, someone's always saying shit yeah yeah i you guess know, that's potty, true. all right so potty mouth ghosts here. so all right so yes this story is fantastic well okay 
a long time ago. No, actually, someone uh, told me this, and I think it's kind of like almost like New York City folklore at this point. Oh, this didn't actually happen to you? This happened to someone I know. Oh, it's definitely an urban legend. No, 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 no. Someone I know very well. <laughs> so there's this crazy woman, right? Uh-huh. And um, one of the things about her was after 9-11 happened... <laughs> She decided that she owned Ground Zero, <laughs> and she went. She was going around trying to sell the land or, or the rights to develop the World Trade Center again. What? And uh, <laughs> she would all. She would go around to government offices in the city. Sure. Until and and. and Apparently, there's like I don't know what the, her name is, but there's a, even a, supposedly a Facebook page devoted to like crazy stories about this woman. Oh, awesome! <laughs> and one of the big things she does, yeah, is she mails her garbage to PBS. Wow. Oh, PBS doesn't need it. Don't pick I on think them. NPR and like WNYC. She's going after like public institutions. She's got like an axe to grind against the government or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man. Oh nice. my god. Just it's mailing just, your garbage, huh? It's just so crazy. And then also when like you know she goes to these government offices to complain about everything, and when they and when these people are at their wits' end <laughs> and tell her to please leave. Yeah. You know what she does then? She looks at everyone and she goes. You have AIDS, <laughs> and you have AIDS, and you all have AIDS. What? You liberals have AIDS, <clears throat> and that is uh, that is mailing garbage. Wait, so this woman's like still alive? Uh, I as as of like a year or two ago. Yeah, oh, fingers crossed, huh? She might be white noise now. <laughs> Maybe she'll run for mayor or like some sort of like you know elected office. That Put her money where her mouth is. Her garbage mouth. I, you know, honestly, it might be uh, uh, maybe if the post office handled my garbage, it would be a little bit better than what, what's going on <laughs> on the streets of New York. So what is going on, by the way, in this movie? Yeah, it's Michael Keaton plays an architect because it's like one of the five movie jobs you can have. <laughs> and he's got a wife who's a novelist and then she goes missing. That's and- another movie job, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, How about just- this? I would wager... That there are the number of movie architects outnumbers actual real world architects. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right? That's probably a thing that's not impossible. Same thing with people who identify themselves as con artists. Mm-hmm. There are definitely mm-hmm. so yes. fewer actual working con artists. Right. Yes, way Today, more cinematic con artists. In real life, we call them grifters. <laughs> Do you think uh, if Michael Keaton winds up losing that Academy Award, he may or may not have uh, won at this point when this episode comes out, he's going to call somebody a cinematic con artist? <laughs> like if, uh, like if uh, 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 Linklater like wins over in your read tour or something, yeah. he's like that fucking con artist, <laughs> that movie con artist. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a like a bitter after party. So he's also got a kid, and he's like, this is like the second wife, yeah, stepmom situation. Uh, she also may or may not be pregnant at the beginning of the movie, oh. which he's super excited about at almost 60 years old. I mean, she's no, she's definitely pregnant. Definitely, point. yeah. I would say she's... Well, she has a positive, like, test, but they haven't yeah. been to a doctor. Oh, okay. Only oh, later in the... call it bullshit on that test? <laughs> well, no, sometimes it's called a false positive. It happens. <laughs> she even you says... Because he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to go downstairs and tell Mikey he's got a kid brother. And she's like, 
slow down. Well, yeah, that's like crazy because like you know what miscarriages happen. Everybody, let's just like cool it on telling little kids that they got a little brother or until it's we're a past- false positive. Yes, hmm. and then you take like a couple more tests and you go to a doctor and he's like, "Hey, man, you're pregnant." Well, you know, I did not know it was this complicated. Um, yeah, so, like, the kid's there. She's, she goes off to drive the kid off to school. Right. He's got to go off and be an architect, and he's super excited that his <laughs> wife is pregnant. Even oh, he's though, just, like, like, dancing through the office, like, get ready to get my wife some flowers and chocolate secretary. Uh, 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 uh. And the secretary's like, something seems off. And I'm like, fucking really, Lorraine? You know, and he's like, oh, he's going to have all sorts of sex tonight. So he gets all, he gets his apartment all ready for sex. And he's like kind of dancing around the apartment. Oh, the, this is the house. This is the beautiful bay yeah, house. Beautiful house. Oh, yeah, that and, he designed with his two little arms. And his... his, <laughs> his <laughs> that he his had his multiplicity brothers build for him. <laughs> <laughs> is he an architect in that movie, too? Yes, he is, actually. He's definitely <laughs> an architect. <laughs> totally in that and you know what? In the Batman movies, he's the architect of Gotham's salvation. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Doesn't end. It'd you go be- to the, the movie unemployment line. It's architect or novelist. In Beetlejuice, he's the architect of uh, Gina Davis's irritation. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but he his boombox starts making all sorts. Of, he, he's got this really prominently placed boombox in the middle of his house, and it is a baboon <laughs> box in 2005. Come on. But it does have MP3 capability. Cause that's all written on there. Oh, does, okay. All right. It, all but right. It, you could pull it, definitely play your CDs and your tapes. Right. It, it was that weird, like Venn diagram when all were in play, man, yeah. I hated those devices. Cause like, one part of it was always like cheaper than the other part, and it was usually the CD part. Yeah, radio reception was like fantastic. The tape deck, of course, worked, and then your CDs always brand new CDs would skip for no reason. Yeah, because it was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like right away, like he's like, "Oh, hey, Mikey, did you flip with the radio?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, I didn't, Dad." And it's like, "Oh, the ghosts are already right. settling in," right? Because it could not possibly be. Uh, like a flaw in this badly designed boombox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you you left like the microwave on or something, and it's just interfering with the, the transmission. It would have to be ghosts. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, oh, I'm going out with my friend tonight because like she got out of a relationship or something. You know, he's like, okay, I'll wait up for you and do architect things in the kitchen until you come back. And she just doesn't come back. And we go into, like, the wife is missing. And this is what's amazing to me is I think Total Tops – and, like, Steve, you read a lot more than I do. But I think Total Tops, there's maybe, like, less than 10 globally known writers. You got, like, a Stephen (laughs) King – like, these superstar writers, right? So, like, a Stephen King, a J.K. Rowling – you know I what mean, I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, George if you're talking R. about the Martin. absolute top, 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 sure. Because, like, CNN is covering this woman's missing case. Right. And they're like, internationally known right. author has been missing for days. And her husband, the famous architect, Michael <laughs> Keaton. And I'm like, the, listen, the news is not covering this as well, heavily. She's uh, right, a pretty white lady goes missing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're yeah. totally right. The whole fucking that, world stops. And if you get a prominent architect with a prominent novelist, there's American royalty. <laughs> that's our, that's our, uh, oh God, what are they? M- M- Mary Kate and Ben. What is, what is that prince name? 
William? William, William. and Kate Middleton. <laughs> yes, yes. Mary Kate is half of those uh, twins that used to be on TV. American uh, they're royalty. White, they're white noise now. That would be Wait, what? That, they're dead? No, they're not. But I mean, wouldn't that be weirder if white noise was just like weird, like, you know, TV reruns talking at you all the time? Holy shit. Yeah, that's like. That's creepier that's than fucked shit. up. Yeah. If they just. And it's an episode you've watched before, mm-hmm. right? So, like, yeah. you're watching Seinfeld and Kramer bursts in and throws the money down on the table and he's like, I'm out. I'm out of the contest. Did you see that coming, Steve? <laughs> And you're like, what? I've seen this a thousand times. Yeah, I know, Steve. That's why I can take a break <laughs> from the dialogue you love so much and talk to you for a few minutes. Wait, wait. Now, we're saying that Michael uh, Richards. Richards in the show mm-hmm. is turning to the camera and saying... Yeah, exactly. talking to you. Because it's weird white noise now. It's like white noise ghost TV. Um, funny side story. My great-grandmother had Alzheimer's in the end. Uh-huh. Similar thing happened to her. Are you serious? She's, she thought Kramer was talking to her? She thought Dan Rather was talking to her. Well, he was, dude. I mean, well, Dan Rather well, talked to us all. He, well, Dan Rather was sending money, and <laughs> where's the money? Where, where are you guys taking the money? Oh, oh you're taking man. my Rather money? Yeah. That's unfortunate. Your Rather bucks? That sucks. No, yeah, no, it's a sad story. It is a sad story. I got something kind of similar, and it's actually more white noise than not. <laughs> it's a, it's an a Andrew scale Jupin- of one to white noise, where is it? It's like a six and a half. Okay. It's an Andrew Jupin ghost story. Whoa. My great-grandmother, right? My nana. Nice old Irish lady, right? Towards the end, she had like a brain tumor. Sure. So it was like making her see shit, right? So we're sitting around one day watching a Roseanne rerun. And we're like kids. And it's like yeah. me and my brother and sister in front of the TV. And my mom comes in and she's like, hey, everybody, I'm going to order us some pizzas for dinner. And we're going to have dinner at Nana's house. And we're like, all right, whatever. Roseanne's on. And that was the country's attitude back then. Exactly right. <laughs> and so... My my Nana turns to my mom and she's like, that's good, but make sure you order enough for everybody. <clears throat> like, get like an extra large pizza or whatever. Yeah. And my mom's like, well, Nana, it's fine. It's just the two of us and the three kids. And she goes, yes, but what about the two gentlemen in the white coats in the doorway? Dude, I fucking shit my pants watching Roseanne. <laughs> oh it was terrifying. I was waiting for you to say, that's not enough for John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll need, a, I'll need a double... Extra double cheese on that. <laughs> and he's just talking to her from the TV. Oh my the God, white noise. Dude, it was terrifying. Well, though. you could really, we could spin all sorts of personal tales because nothing happens in this movie. Literally, <laughs> almost next to nothing happens. We spend 10 minutes of Michael Keaton. And again, like, you think about your, your Gone Girls or whatever, and like people, and not even Gone Girl, but like a story of a man actually missing his wife. Like, nowhere is Michael Keaton implicated in this thing. Like, He's a, oh, he's he's, a he should be uh, the number one suspect. He definitely there's should a, be. There's a useless detective who who has nothing to do with the wife's disappearance, but like when people around him start dying later, there's yeah. this detective character who's like, "Wow, man, you keep being on the scene of all these grisly murders. That's strange." End of discussion. There's no scene where he's like. Something about this ain't right, Michael Keaton. You're going to be going down for this. I'm going to tie you to it somehow. Nothing. Useless detective character. But what's also useless is Michael Keaton isn't even, like, being begrieved at all. They never show... It's all montages of him, like, just looking at radios. You know and what I mean? being, the- like, inconvenienced and stressed out that she's missing. Exactly. And then, like, we cut... Finally, this fat <laughs> guy... waiting for her to come back from the store. 
this fat guy starts following him, right? That's when the movie really starts to pick up. Right, when this creepy fat guy starts stalking you. The fat guy from yeah. Ace Ventura 2, by the way. Nothing more sinister than that. You're just seeing a fat guy around all the time? The same fat guy? What is more terrifying to you? Being followed around by a mysterious fat guy or being followed around by a tall slender man? Oh, God. You know what? Slenderman is is scarier because a Slenderman can do damage. I feel like I I could get the fat guy if I needed to, <laughs> or at least outrun him. Right? Or oh, yeah, the Slenderman's gonna chase me away. Are we talking about the mythical Slenderman now from the internet? Uh, yeah, either him or like that dude who played Lurch in the Adams Family movies. <laughs> <laughs> but One you, or the actually, other. Speaking of white noise, Slenderman does do like white noise noises out of his face. Are you uh, kidding me? I think so. Well, we're really tying the room together with this one, huh? <laughs> yeah. What does a fat guy do? I guess fart. <laughs> Is that kind of a white noise? Ask an 80s comedy. It's either farting or burping. I, I my trying, life, my life is an '80s comedy. So. <laughs> I was really trying not to tell the story on the air because it's not a story. But right before I got on, it's really, really cold in New York, right? And sure. I'm in, I work in Times Square, and right before the subway, this older gentleman and his wife he goes, "Honey, honey, honey, stop, honey, stop," and he stops, and he like holds on to his wife for support and farts really <laughs> loud. <laughs> In what world were you not going to tell that story? No, seriously, in what world did you think that didn't qualify as a story? That's totally a story. That's like the best thing I've ever heard. It's the best thing I've heard all week, hands down. It's, it's Thursday, yeah. too. I heard a lot of things already. He goes, oh, oh, all right, let's go. Did his... That did his, is amazing. Did his knees buckle? <laughs> he really leaned in. And he used his wife for support to make it through the event. Did you see the expression on her face? <laughs> she was a little disgusted. But she's supportive. Yeah, she, she was. Yeah. She was, was like, only a little disgusted because it's not the first time that that's happened. <laughs> Man, I want to know where they ate before this. <laughs> There's a bunch of Applebee's around there. Did you get a whiff? <laughs> no. I, well, it was so cold. That thing just died on okay, impact. Right. It <laughs> froze in the air and fell to the ground and shattered. That's the one perk of, of uh, this cold winter. <laughs> Oh, man. So so this fat guy is like, hey, man. Ian McNeese, by the way, is his name. Yes, he is an Ace the Ventura 2. farted? <laughs> no, okay. I mean, he, I'm sure he's farted. I'm, I'm sure he has some balance crippling farts as well. <laughs> Good God. So he's like, hold on, do you think that's when you realize <laughs> you need a fat guy cane is when you can't even fart under your own steam anymore? That might be it. That's when you realize, oh, I need a fat guy walking stick. It's... <laughs> It's either that or when it takes you like twenty minutes to get out of a chair. Oh well, yeah, that, that one that. or the other. Also, like if you fart like that and you fall down and break your hip, and <laughs> yeah. you got to live with that knowledge that the fart did it, <laughs> dude. You have to tell the doctor because he's gonna be like, "How did this happen? Did you slip on ice? There's so much ice outside." No, I farted and I buckled <laughs> and you better I fell to the yeah. ground. And you better be honest too, because if you say you slipped on ice, the doctor'd be like, "Well, this impact does not look like ice. This <laughs> does not. A, something's off. Yeah, here. there's something off here. <laughs> no, you gotta be." honest with me did you fart <laughs> so it's been like a month since michael keaton's wife is missing and then ian mcneese is like follows him outside of his house follows him through his office and then finally michael Keaton's like hey fat guy what's going on here <laughs> what, what, what's your big problem fat guy and he's like hey look you know i didn't mean to really talk to you but your wife's been talking to me via the white noise and you know <laughs> that's because he killed her right <laughs> well, that's what i would think exactly she's been missing 
And he never even goes to the cops about this guy. Like, any creepo fucking dude comes up to like, oh, your wife loved you so much. I mean, yeah, like, totally. Okay. Yeah, cut to Michael Keaton hiring a private investigator. Call the police call right the, away. Definitely call the police. And, like, he's like, you know, I've got these tapes with your wife on him. He's like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> also, though, he really breaks the news to him. In the most unprofessional, like, listen, man, you are like a full-time ghost hunter or whatever you're doing, I guess, for a living, right? That's what you call a con artist, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a movie grifter. They yeah. call him con artist. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's saying all the shit or whatever, and he's like, your wife is dead. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you need to be like, hey, man. You might want to sit down for this. I have some information. Yeah. Some new facts have come to light. You know what I mean? <laughs> And you're like, all right, I will accept your business card and go back inside without calling the police. Now, how how much do I have to give you to talk to my dead wife to communicate with her? <laughs> like, that's there's a racket here, you know. Oh yeah, it's not. I don't think it's shown in the film, but Michael Keaton's paying this guy. Money's changing hands. Especially, do you think he, so? Deborah Kara Unger too. She's coming over his house all the time. He's got clients. He's like a paranormal researcher, investigator, or right. whatever. Yeah, dude, this is this is a bigger racket than psychiatry. Oh, man, that's <laughs> everyone's just coming over, laying down, hearing things in the white noise. Fifty bucks, please. Ah, oh, that's really upsetting. What's well, the storage? You know, you 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 can knock them on storage fees. Like, oh no, the listening's fine, but it's all all these tapes, right? Take oh yeah, them. the ta- all the tape stock, the hard drives. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hard costs. He so he he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, fat guy. Then immediately he gets a call. That, oh, my God, my your wife is dead. Yeah, the police show up. And <clears throat> apparently the story that everyone believes is that this woman got... We're in Toronto, by the way. We're totally in Canada. but uh, not, Isn't it Vancouver, I thought? It, you, you're probably right. It's yeah. Vancouver. It is Vancouver. Yeah. So she got a flat... But I think the movie probably takes place in America. They never really specify. No. Uh, she got a flat by it's, the... It takes by place the, in Ghost Town. Sorry. <laughs> it's Ghost Town, Canada. By the bed of a river... While the prevailing theory is whilst trying to fix this flat, she slipped on a rock, hit her head, and then drowned to death. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's what the detective the detectives are. That's that's the story. There it is. But then somehow the body went like upriver, like against the current, like a s- fucking salmon. It just makes no like Wait, how is there how not about, uh, Hey Canada, how about a guardrail? <laughs> or maybe a mounty on patrol. Isn't that what they have? But listen. The point is, they're saying, like, she fell, she broke her arm and hit her head and then went upriver. And not one police officer is like, you know what, Michael Keaton? Why don't you just hang out? Yeah. Why don't you make sure you're talking to a lawyer? Because this is looking really bad for you right now. Mm -hmm. You just found out. I'm sorry, you told us earlier you found out that she was pregnant. You fucking offed your pregnant wife. They don't even, do they ever find her corpse? They, yeah, they do. They That's do. when the police come. They oh, bury okay. her. All right, great. And they, uh, <laughs> just, uh, they, they find it and they bury it. Well, because I was just thinking, like, come on, find this bloated corpse in the water. <laughs> yeah, they do. They don't show you, you know, getting it fished I, I out. I need it shown. There's no grisly violence at all right. in this movie. No. I mean, if I can see Laura Palmer's corpse at the yes. start of every episode of Twin Peaks, <laughs> I want to see... One corpse in this spooky movie. This is like a horror movie, kind of, right? Yeah, it's kind of a horror movie. <laughs> great, great description of this movie. It's kind of a horror movie. So they're like, yeah, she died in these really mysterious circumstances. Guess that's it. Best and- of luck with the funeral. Well, you're a prominent, upstanding architect. You couldn't have any. You couldn't have 
architected a death. Now, could you? <laughs> architected a death? Yeah, well, it's Canada. <laughs> yeah, also, why doesn't AAA exist in Canada? Oh, I got a flat. Let me just use my flip phone cell phone <laughs> that everyone has in this movie and just call AAA and be like, I'm not going into the murky depths to fix this fucking flat tire. Well, we'll find out at the end of the movie why she never got to call Canadian AAA, which I think is triple B. <laughs> Everything's just a little different in Canada. Uh, so we finally get to six months later, which is like you're waiting for it in the beginning. Because once the wife shows up and she's all happy and she's like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. And you're like, well, she's fucking dead. Like, let's just. Get oh, to yeah, the- totally. This is the beginning of the That's movie where she dies. Sentence. Yeah, exactly. I thought that little kid was dead, too. She's like, I want to take little Timmy off to school. Like, See you later. Never again. Timmy. Well, what they do, they Enjoy set it up being like- a ghost. <laughs> Enjoy being a little boy ghost. What they do uh, and and this is like bad movies do this all the time. It's like you're doing kind of fast shot reverse shot as someone's backing out of a driveway yep. uh-huh. in your awesome convertible VW Bug, by the way. Yeah. Very nice. And like she backs up into the street and then it cuts back to Michael Keaton and then rapidly cuts back to her. And I was like, they're getting hit by a truck. <laughs> Or the less elegant, uh-oh, you hear, you watch Michael Keaton go back into the house, you hear a crash, and then a hubcap rolls by. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the uh, budget way to do that. Mm, not Car a... crash sound. <laughs> <laughs> then just a PA throws a, a hubcap down the street. Yeah, they didn't have enough money for the a burning tire. <laughs> I, I prefer the burning tire. Well, we can we can roll the tire, but we got to give it back to old man Peabody at the end of the shoot, so we can't set it on fire. You're not burning my tires. <laughs> Nobody burns my tires but me. You can rent it. You roll it down the street and you bring it back. Fifty five dollars tire roll, and that takes me back to the Great Depression. <laughs> Speaking of the Great Depression, that's what Michael Keaton's feeling, I guess. <laughs> And that's when this movie, you realize what's going on in this movie, is that this movie wants to be a J-horror, a Japanese horror film, right? Because <laughs> Thanks for specifying. Well, not, you know, not everybody you know, knows the slang of J-horror, right? So, so all of a sudden this movie, it starts raining. He moves into a very gray, boxy, Japanese-looking apartment. Absolutely. There's no doors anywhere. No. But it is, you know, really, you know, minimalist and nice. Well, he's still an architect, man. He still has to have taste. Dude, not for nothing. Again, why I'm looking at Michael Keaton for this murder beef. Thank you. He's the sole heir of whatever the fuck... He's got oh, yeah. internationally known author with she, a new book coming exactly, out. Exactly, a new book called Eternal Weight coming out. Dude, guess yep. what those those are? Sky high numbers. You know yep. it, dude. The the fucking morbid creeps are gonna come out of the woodwork to buy her last novel. <laughs> this and, fat guy's probably got twelve of them. <laughs> I got her to sign them for me from beyond the grave. And you know, like they, they have a, the life insurance and stuff. Oh it's yeah, all, forget all the, all the checks are coming in. He's like. And then he's, he, I'm sure he sold that house. He probably didn't just abandon no, it. No, he didn't take a bath. And this is like during the, during the, the housing boom. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy's richer than God now. <laughs> See, but what you can't do, though, because I, I learned this movie lesson uh, around the same time when this movie came out, that movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm-hmm. which is a movie where there's like paranormal shit going on and Laura Linney's like a skeptic lawyer and blah, blah, blah. 
and it's a courtroom drama oh, coupled with a movie. horror movie. So yeah. we can't, well, you got to be careful when you're like you want the police to come after him because like horror movie <laughs> plus like crime drama on the side like crime domestic drama like no. might not work out. No, you, I mean this movie doesn't work out. So at least try it, right? Give it, give it something. But what I what I was when I was watching it the second time, I was like, oh yeah, like this looks like The Ring or those movies, yeah. like. Which which one is it remade from? Well, th- yeah. and I looked, and it's nothing. This is original material. This was the uh, we were in had Ring Fever back back in two thousand six two thousand five. Oh yeah, the Ring came out in two thousand two. Yep. yep, and everybody was just going nuts over that. The and Grudge I think by the came time out two thousand five rolled around too. I think that sequel, the American sequel to yes. the Ring, was out too. Yeah, which is grudge, terrible. The eye, you know, know and all with, that shit with dude. all these effects too, which is really bizarre in this movie. Like right when he's at the start, like when his radio is on the fritz, like, and we're just hearing that white noise. But we also have to cut to like a the whole screen cuts to like a static television. Yeah, you know? it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Am I? Is that? Is that? I guess that's the visual interpretation of sounds. <laughs> Well, also when the TV's on like that, it's called white noise on right. the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm uh, I'm uh, listening to my boombox, buddy. I don't have a TV on. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're totally right. And also, if you saw this movie in the theaters, like I totally did, uh, you know that you're watching a movie screen, so the effect is also useless. If they're going for the effect yeah. of like, oh no, the the video went out. Like sometimes in <laughs> movies, it's like. We're going to burn the film yeah. frame. And it's like the projector broke, yeah. which is like pointless now with digital cinema. Are you talking about Gremlins 2? Yeah, Gremlins 2 doesn't play that well anymore. Yeah. Hey, Gremlins! <laughs> <laughs> What's great about Gremlins 2 is that whole scene <laughs> is designed to be like watching it in the theater. Yeah, exactly. And it had no idea that no one would see it in the theater. <laughs> well, most people, you know. It'd How be could a... they have known, dude? How it's could true. they have guessed? It's you true. think uh, Hulk Hogan got to keep one of those Gremlins? I'll do this movie. I got to take home a Gremlin. <laughs> and he was definitely calling them Gremlins the whole time. <laughs> Yo, Tanya, where the Gremlin? <laughs> is that what is his wife's name? Linda. Linda Hogan, yeah. Linda, where's the tuna? Oh, I loved being in Gremlins, too. <laughs> oh, ate too much fucking pork. <laughs> oh, man, the best dialogue in any celebrity sex tape ever. Hulk Hogan burps, holds his... Holds his like abdominal area and just goes, oh, shouldn't have ate all that pork. <laughs> and this, the woman is laying in the bed like, what am I doing? Dude, ten, ten years, the Hulk Hogan's new sex tape is going to be him clutching a woman and farting. <laughs> He's Whoa, it's like a gremlin came out of there. He's getting advanced in age. <laughs> he is, he's getting up there. Um, now Michael Keaton is getting like, oh, my God, he's getting... which. So much of this movie is like, just throw it up there, see what happens. We don't have to pay it off. <laughs> Nothing gets paid off ever in this movie. No, not at all. He keeps getting phone calls from his dead ex-wife from her phone, which is totally turned off the whole time. Oh, spooky. And they're doing the horseshit that I hate when horror movies do, because it's everyone, if I'm remembering the root of the trope correctly, it's the story of the Amityville horror, which was like, Every night at whatever time, yes. like horse shit happened, <laughs> and like horror movies have just like taken that and ran with it. And yeah. this movie, it's like two thirty in the morning. You know, like he he gets the the knock from the cops yeah. at two thirty in the morning. The fucking phone goes off. I don't understand what two. They, they never is that when she died. Is that who when, is dying at two thirty on the dot, dude? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, she fucking died at 237. You know? You know, that's, that points to mechanical error, right? Your phone's all weird. Yeah. It's doing it at a certain time because that's, you know, it's click and watch stuff inside. <laughs> and it's and it gets to 2.30 and something just doesn't work. Right. If that happened more than once, I'd be like, there's something preventing this clock from going forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they don't they do not do that. So he's like, you know, I got this fat guy's card. I might as well go pay him a visit. <laughs> and he goes. And it's a real, like, you know, thank God you're here. Also, though, again... Suspicious circumstances, body upriver, whatever. You're going to go to this dude's house? The yeah. same dude that was like, I've been hearing from your wife. Yes. What? You're no. going to go inside this man's poorly lit house. He should go there just to burn it down. Because <laughs> this guy is weird. <laughs> That's what you do with the weirdos, man. Burn your house down, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my card if you want to get a new house built. <laughs> I could draw you a pretty new house. That's how he made his bucks. I won't build it for you, but I'll just draw you a nice picture of how to build it. <laughs> like maybe he goes to the house, burns it down, and he's he's got it ready. He's like, well, "What do you think of that?" <laughs> I, I I I I took the liberty of drawing something up. You know, maybe we can talk about it later. So he goes in, and he's like, "You know, I'm so glad you're here." You know. Uh, my 4.30's wrapping up right now. This is perfect timing. Dude, racket. That's what this is. Yep. It's a racket. Out comes Deborah Kara Unger, who's in, like, Salt and Sea and the game and a yeah. bunch of stuff. Just, like, destroyed. Like, he's like, <laughs> my 4.30 destroyed customer is just wrapping up. And she walks out with, like, raccoon eyes and, like, streaks of eye makeup down her face. Like, this guy's great. <laughs> You're going to love it. Oh, my God. What a service package. <laughs> I got my first VHS tape today. We moved from audio to video. Oh, if I could just relive my first visit, just what, just I know exactly what you're about to do is enter crippling depression, and ooh, I would love to oh, be I, in your shoes right now. I'm so jealous of you, Michael Keaton, a first timer. <laughs> when he sits Michael Keaton down to talk to him about what white noise is. He is out of breath the whole time, and he is literally just walking around a room. He's exasperated, <laughs> and I think it's because he's that excited to talk about EVP. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Electronic yeah. voice projection, is that what it is? I thought it was it, Elliot Gould versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get that alien in the jungle? I'm going to need 12 guys. <laughs> Someone make this movie. Please. <laughs> For the love of God, oh, that's what man. you need for the franchise. Dude, here's what that I'm going to cover is. myself in mud. <laughs> you can't see me. This movie is three minutes long. It's, st- <laughs> it's a helicopter. It lands like in the jungle. He steps out. He takes a look around. The helicopter flies away. You just see him look up and he goes, what the? And then the predator shoots him in the fucking face. EVP and well, credits. I'll tell you what EVP actually means. Uh, yeah. Electronic voice phenomena. Oh, phenomena. That's yeah. right. Phenomena. So <laughs> so he's like, here's what it is. Uh I, you know, I don't contact them. They come to me. Yep. You know, it's a weird like drug dealer situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I don't call them, they call me when there's something going down. But do they like I don't he's know. just he's just recording all the static TVs and just like listening to them for hours and it's like Oh, yeah, they're coming to me, all right. Yeah. They're coming to get me. <laughs> How does he even know who anyone is? If everyone says, like, like, okay. I don't know, but he's got volumes yeah, of here, logs. I'll tell you what's going on. This, this fucking guy 
He's trolling the goddamn obituaries. Yes, he is. And he, oh, and wow. He's, he's showing up at, at Michael Keaton's place and being like, mm, I guess you're missing something, maybe a wife. That's <laughs> why, that's why it always starts with audio first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you can just have, like, muffled nonsense. Yes. But then he, like, he gets to know the person a little bit. Like, oh, maybe it would help our investigation if I had a picture of your, you know, deceased. Then he sees what celebrity looks most like this person. You know, he goes and gets, like, an old rerun of Dallas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dubs the tape a bunch of times. Like, wipes a magnet over it. (gasps) Oh, there's your wife. Look, you can kind of see her. That is so true. Right? I There's your so. husband. There's your husband right there. Are you sure it kind of looks like Patrick Duffy? <laughs> well, your husband kind of looked like Patrick <laughs> Duffy. What a handsome man he was. So that'll be $75. And then it's like, oh, you know, just as we're talking, as we're waiting for the tape to boot up, what what, uh, what, what line of business did your husband do? He's a car salesman, eh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Cut to that fat guy later tonight <laughs> eating a sandwich being like, <laughs> I sold cars. <laughs> <laughs> See, he said it. He said what his profession was. It's so stupid, man. So, like, she says, uh, you know, um, he said yes to me. Like, I asked him, or he said when he died, like, he would come back and tell me yeah. if it was true about the other side, what we believe or whatever. And I, and he said, Karen, yes, or, you know, whatever her name is. And so, well, the the kind gentleman here says, he, I probably won't ever see him again, but that's okay. <laughs> She's, like, totally cool with it. And, you know, we, they get to talking. He tells them about what EVP is. And essentially, yeah, all he's doing is leaving his uh, – he's ripping the ripping the antenna out of his TV, letting it go all day. Totally. Just taping all sorts of tapes. Like that VCR is supposed to be on three. He set it on channel four, and yes. he's just taping the nothing. And Michael Keaton sees this room of madness where this is all going on. <laughs> he's a hoarder. And he says, I got to give me some of this. <laughs> I got to double down on this. I got to do everything this guy's doing times five. <laughs> I'm going to get so many IMAXs and so many TVs. There's an amazing. Deciphering everything. There's an amazing line of dialogue. Like when he's looking around this dude's command center. Because make no mistake about it. It is a command center. Sure. And Michael Keaton just goes, is this your job? It's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. No, you're my job. <laughs> you're the calm. <laughs> you're the mark. <laughs> he's totally the mark. And I don't know. I mean, he does. Yeah, it's weird because he's like trying to put this guy out of business. Because he's like, oh, I'm just gonna. I could do it better than you. I guess. Yeah. Well, so he, the the dude is like, all right, you know, I'm gonna go make some tea or whatever. Or see Deborah Kara Unger out. Yeah. Like, you know, you just sit here and you know start watching some static. Like, here's the. Here, or no, it's audio. So he's like, yeah. listen to this audio file. This is where I heard your wife. I'll be right back. I'll I'll leave you to it or whatever. So he's like listening to this tape. I write books. <laughs> <sighs> Somehow I'm internationally known. <laughs> and so he's like he's like into it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's cool. And then all of a sudden you see like three shadows go behind Michael Keaton, and you're like. <sighs> Oh, three dark shadows, eh? Mm-hmm. Sounds like evil ghosts to me. And then all of a sudden, the audio tape is like, You motherfucker! You were the worst Batman! Ah, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> and he's like, ah. Oh. And then the dude runs back in. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. And he's totally like trying to cover it up. And Michael Keaton's like, what the hell was that? I heard my wife's angelic voice, and then all these people started calling me a fuck. And he's like, oh, well, we just do this, and we do this, and we do that. And then, and he's like doing all these keystrokes. He's like, and then it's gone. <laughs> and he's like, did you just delete my dead wife's recording? 
but he's like he's like oddly covering it up. But, and you know this dude has had trouble with these yeah. ghosts before. There's some line here where he's just like, oh, you know, uh, Mr. Keaton, not every ghost is a nice ghost. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be Casper, now can they? Yeah. Speaking of Casper, through these three shadows. Yeah, the three the three uncles, the three much... dead assholes. Yeah. These these guys that I think they're I think it's a shared cinematic universe. And I mean oh, like, you think so? we could yeah. say that they're the antagonists of the movie essentially. Right. Like the three ghosts. They keep showing up. Never does this movie even try to tell you who they might have been, what no. they are. Eric had some crazy IMDb thing where somebody identifies them as demons, and I'm like, where the fuck did you get demons from? Oh, There's well, nothing in this uh, movie. Not every ghost is nice, and if you're not a nice ghost, you're a demon. No, man. You're that's ghost, not yeah. how you do it. Well, like, the ghost of a serial killer isn't a demon. It's <laughs> just the ghost of a serial killer. This is a good topic of conversation. Can you get promoted in the afterlife? Like if Satan takes notice and is just like oh, like what you did there in the mortal realm. Oh. How would you like to bump it up a notch? Be a demon? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, then then there's like are the other demons mad? You know? like Oh yeah, you're you, definitely a different subsect of yeah, demon. You're like, definitely oh. Definitely be like a, yeah, subspecies. Well, if you're a ghost, by the way, you're like on this plane still. So you haven't gone either direction. You're still stuck oh, here. A demon goes to hell and then back. A, a demon is purely a product of hell. Like oh, okay. made, yeah. made, born and bred hell. Yeah, yeah, totally, dude. Made in the U.S. of and, hell. And angels are heaven, right? Yes, that's right. So, but you, if you're a ghost, you're neither. You're just a spirit. So these are like three angry people. So the movie needs some kind of like three mass murderers were yep. executed on the same night or some dumbass. Scarelli brothers gave him the chair. <laughs> Anything, really, anything, and it's nothing. They don't. They don't even say. You barely know that it's them until the end of the movie, and it's like, oh my god, it's the three things. But like, you can kind of glean, yeah, because the movie does a really bad job of like, you know, nobody sees them. It's always like when Michael Keaton's back is turned, yeah, then they pop up on all the TVs, and the movie loves doing the thing that all bad horror movies do, which is rely on nothing but sound scares. So, like, they come on the screen, and it's like, like, some really loud noise comes up, and you're like, oh, that's the whole movie. There's no atmospheric anything, nothing, like, actually, like, pays off in a scary way. It's just loud noises the whole time. Again, nobody even investigates why this guy dies. And Michael Keaton, so Michael Keaton gets, like, what is he, a dream? And he's like, oh, I gotta see the fat guy. It's at 2.30 in the morning. He goes to sleep. I think wakes he's, up, and he's, he's like, oh, my God. Like, he's got, like, something's on the monitor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I got to go tell my teacher I got my first, you know, <laughs> we ghost catch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he drives over to this dude's house. We calls him, and yeah. he's like, hey, we got one. He's like, oh, bring it over. We can watch it together. I'll make some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and so Michael Keaton gets over there, and, like, the place is trashed, and he's like, oh, that's not good. And this dude is just dead under a pile of TVs. And and, <laughs> and videotape, too. Like, videotape everywhere. Like, it looks like, yeah. it looks like the feds were after him. Oh, man. So this dude's just dead. And then, like, Michael Keaton calls the cops. This is where we're introduced to this useless detective character. No, hello. This is where you're introduced to, well, 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 Mr. Keaton. Whenever there's a corpse, you seem to be right there. <laughs> right? I mean, this is really suspicious. Is that suspicious. this time? It's no, not, I well, think that's the fr- this is the first time we meet that cop though, isn't it? But even still, he's like, "Oh, your wife just died 6 months ago. Now oh, right. this guy's yeah, the dead. This guy's dead." Everyone he's spending time with is dying You're mysteriously. Right. You're totally right. Also, big flaw of this movie. I mean, Ian McNeese is a fine actor. 
but you know, kind of never always the bridesmaid. This cop who needs to be somebody. You know what? Get go out and hire an actor. Not I think this guy is mostly get... known for stunts as well. By yeah, me. you c- tell me this movie. You couldn't get a non Alec Baldwin. Yeah, seriously, you get Daniel Baldwin for fuck's oh sake. My God. I know Daniel Baldwin as a detective in this movie. Yeah, you just got another star from me. <laughs> Can't get Daniel Baldwin, Harvey Keitel. Sometimes you can get for this role. Get him out of bed. Oh, yeah, you could if if you oh, move Alar- move some money around. <laughs> yeah, Larry Fishburne's ready. He's game to be your detective. And what is the conversation that is happening like between Keaton this detective? Like, so what are you doing here? Oh well, uh, were you related to the the deceased? No, 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 no. I didn't know him that long. So what were you doing at his house at two o'clock in the morning? Oh well. We're ghost buddies. <laughs> I came to, to to sit with him and turn the static on the TV all the way up. He's like, and just listen for messages from the dead. He's like, sir, Vancouver's a very progressive town. If you're saying you were in a relationship with this man, <laughs> no one is going to judge you. You don't have to lie and say you were watching blank <laughs> tapes looking for ghosts. It's a lover's quarrel. <laughs> say you been. came over here to have some great sex with and this man. Got a little out of hand. One too many TVs in in your your, your TV. Oh, you definitely look at all those tapes. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to see all. Oh, those tapes. yeah, exactly. The police are seizing all those tapes. And how boring is that, by the way? Just looking through hours upon hours <laughs> of static. Like, chief, I think there was something wrong. I think we took the tapes through a magnetic doorway. There's nothing. Oh, wait, was that a ghost? <laughs> then the cops get involved with the ghost hunting. And now the cops are hunting ghosts. <laughs> and then. We get Canadian Ghostbusters. So that's how it happens. Keaton ups his ghost hunting game. He gets a million tube televisions. He gets some computers going on. Oh, yeah. A lot of big, like, box monitor computers. I mean, honestly, this is when you stop. This is when, like, this guy you know died. Yep. Probably because he was a con artist and he, and he, <laughs> yeah. he ripped off the wrong guy. Ex- you're, yeah, you're exactly right. Someone came back. It's a revenge killing. Just move on with your life, man. Instead, he's like, spend this- that lady's money. I know she's dead, but yeah. come on. <laughs> she would want you to be happy, Michael Keaton. Spend it on that son that's slowly growing to hate you due to neglect. Yeah, exactly. That he ki- neglects that- the shit out of this kid in this Due movie. to ghost related <laughs> neglect. He's a non character. He comes. The kid comes back. Is like, is, you know, it's a second wife. You know, it was a second wife. So his first wife will. Even though this guy's like racked in grief and is doing all this weird shit, she has no problem dropping the kid off for the weekend because she likes her weekend. Oh yeah, you know, it's just like the post office, man. Rain, sleet, snow, death. You're getting that fucking kid every other Saturday. So he's like, he's setting up his tube television. He's like. Dad, why do you need so many VCRs? <laughs> and he's like, well, uh, in case you want to watch a movie and I want to watch a movie, I could, we could wa- both watch a movie at the same time. That sounds pretty swell, doesn't it? And then this five-year-old kid goes, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't really watch TV by myself. Dad, are you a professional movie bootlegger? <laughs> yes. But also... <laughs> The saddest part about that is later in the movie, the kid's like, Dad, when are we going to watch two different movies at once? And he's like, uh, maybe next time, sport. Just sit in this room that no longer has a, t- a table because I'm putting more computer monitors on the kitchen table. Dude, this is the room you're supposed to be drawing houses in. When was the last time you drew a house? Totally. Get back on the saddle. The houses need to be drawn. <laughs> So now, like, he takes up the mantle of, like, 
creepily showing up to people's houses yeah. to be like, hey, I heard from your dead relatives. Well, he he first goes to see a medium, which is this blind lady. Another completely dropped ball in this movie. Yep. She's she's like, first of all, you don't know she's blind until like, you know, the scene progresses and she's just like, oh, you know, uh, is he showing her the tape or what's he doing? No, she, this is really dumb. She's like, okay, uh, does this street mean anything to you? He's like, no. And she's like, okay, uh, so you you lost your wife recently. She was a she was a writer. Oh, okay. So you're like, all right. She's like a legit psychic. Yeah. And then she starts going. I'm seeing they're showing me all of these white and black dots, <laughs> and she's seeing a broken TV in her psychic <laughs> premonitions. <laughs> and he's like. Oh, kind of sounds like my investigations or whatever. But he doesn't say anything. And then she realizes what it is. And she stands back from the table. And she's like, you're fucking with some bad stuff right here. Like, you can't be doing this. She says, you're meddling. You're meddling in forces you can't yep. understand, et cetera, et cetera. Don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> even though, like, I, I mean, I don't understand. what. Like, he's not even trying to get in touch with his wife. Now, now he's trying to, like, be the dead zone or something. <laughs> well, that's the thing is she accuses him of, like, doing it as, like, a hobby. And the thing that everybody always says about this, and it's also the plot of that dumbass movie Ouija, is like if you're if you're dabbling in stuff like that, everyone who's participating like has to believe and has to take it seriously, sure, or else like the aura is weakened and that allows negative things to come through, sure. So I think it's a thing where it's like because he's just doing this as like a little hobby horse thing that those three ghosts are like, oh, good, (laughs) good, a noob. Now we can come through and start influencing the other side. It's great because he, it's a movie thing where, like, you're talking to, and no one ever does this. We're like, you're talking to someone and they're, they're shouting at you, like, you can't take it back. You can't take it back or yep, whatever. Yep. And you just walk out on them. That works. Except when that person's blind, that kind of makes you a dick. You You're know just, what I mean? You you got to be like, I'm leaving your house now. <laughs> yeah. He up and quietly leaves this woman's apartment. <laughs> And then she comes, she follows him out, and this is where we get the final confirmation. She's like, your wife was pregnant, wasn't she? Yeah. And he stops on the, the stairs just like, keeps going. See, that, that's the thing. It's a, These ghosts got a two-for-one soul special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. He Whatever. delivers. Well, then, then the other thing we get involved in here is not only is he getting messages from ghosts he's getting messages from the future uh, that again what God. in the world what in the world you might as well have the electricity gremlin come into this right. movie now <laughs> gremlin gremlin oh no that that electro gremlin's coming into this movie look out michael keaton it's an electro gremlin <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't in the theater with hulk hogan at that in the movie so he couldn't stop it yeah <laughs> hey linda about Rotten Tomatoes, you know what my top-rated movie ever is? Gremlins 2. I'm barely in that one. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit, Linda. Linda? Linda? <laughs> oh, right, I've been divorced for years. <laughs> well, anyway, back to unpausing Gremlins on uh, Blu-ray. Should have ate too much pork. <laughs> So he goes to this woman's house. Like, he's like, I finally got my first ghost scoop. Yeah. And he goes to this poor girl's house and he's like, Hey, uh, did you know such and such? And she's like, That's my grandmother. And he's like, Oh, well, I got a message from old Grams and it's a uh, smile or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, 
and she's like, "Oh my god, my grandmother used to always tell me to smile." Like it's such horseshit. Yeah, like like totally why wouldn't you make some more like personal statement? You know, yeah, or I mean? like, "Oh, you know, Uncle Albert, you know, left the money under the fo- floorboard or something." Totally. You, know? you were adopted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so- something with a little more meat screenplay, <laughs> not just smile. And she's like, "Oh my god, that was my grandmother." And then like sh- she's like showing him out. And she's like, it's so crazy. My dad calls me two days ago, tells me the bad news, and then here you are now showing up telling me this great message. And then Michael Keaton's like, uh, when did your grandmother die? Two days ago? I've been getting messages from her for over a week. Which two things. One, you're like, okay, future ghost. Second, you're sitting on this for a week, Michael Keaton? What are you doing? And what are you how, how many conversations are you having? Why and she's is there just some... saying smile the whole time. She's smile. been talking to him for smile. a week. A week. And, and that's the best you got was smile. And you have, he's, he's taking, he's, he's taking logs of multiple ghosts coming at him. Like, <laughs> stop. It's... I mean, look, he's got an inbox that's really, really building up. So he can't be going all around the, the Vancouver area. Right. Just looking for people. He's got to wait till like the specific details are out there. So then he starts <sighs> like visiting Deborah Kara Unger because who cares? And like, she's the only other actor in the fucking actors equity union <laughs> in this entire goddamn movie. And she owns a bookstore where, um, what is the actor's name? Ian McNeese. Ian McNeese was like asking her to store more of his files. <laughs> so she's got like this really nice. Yeah, she like, better comb those files, by the way, before you yeah, touch. before you bring them into your business. Absolutely. Some yep. guys, some guys like, oh, I've got all these files. Would you mind holding on to them for me? <laughs> she's just like, okay, if you give me a tape, like we watch it at your house in its entirety, <laughs> yep. and then I'll take it home. But so the top level of her nice, like independent bookstore. Is just all this dude's files, like the paperwork. The, he has logged like every line of audio, and like every videotape is there, like perfectly detailed. There's a lot of work that's going into this, and he has yeah. to be taking money because this is way too much work for a hobby with no pay. Oh yeah, this is a big, big money right here. I think it's seventy five dollars a visit, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and why doesn't he come back as a ghost? Yeah, you know that's what I need. Like you little, need that, like, you know, just give me one scene if it's just like you're getting closer, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> or just it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. At this point, he realizes that Ian McNeese was getting messages that were, like, mean. And, like, the word pig shows up a lot. A lot. <laughs> it's kind of like you look at that note page and you're like, it's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Just writing pig over and over <laughs> on the page. You're like, Jesus, man, you were getting bullied by these ghosts. And that is... The alternate title for this movie. Michael Keaton stars in Bully Ghosts. Yes. Because that it happens more later on, but these three ghosts are just little bully ghosts. <laughs> and just he's realizing all this stuff. He's like, oh my God, you know, um, maybe maybe there's a connection. What's the connection? I guess I'll never find out until the end of the movie. And then <laughs> He goes, uh, the, the the medium that he went to said something about Willow Avenue. Oh, my God, Willow right, Avenue. Oh, right, right, right. So he's like, you know, maybe I'll give that Willow Avenue a shot one day, one of these there days. And he keeps getting messages from his wife like, go now, go now. And he's like, go now. And the psychic said Willow Avenue. Yeah, what the hell? And he goes to Willow Avenue, and there's like this car accident. Yeah. And at some point in the movie, a few minutes before this, he's been like, 
like gets his face like right up to the TV glass. Well, he, wants to, he, he sees his wife and he wants to make out with He's their totally TV. Totally gonna baby. kiss that fucking TV, Steve. You're exactly right. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden, a different woman appears on the screen and like slams the glass and yeah. screams. This was a real J horror moment, right? Yeah, like, this totally. Is just yep. like, oh, she, it's a beautiful. It's it's my wife, and she's beautiful, even in static. I'm gonna kiss my static wife with my big lips. It's oh like, no, it's one of those crazy Japanese kids. Yeah, like she's like one inch away from coming right out the screen, right? And then yeah. you got yourself a ring moment. Then then you got yourself a lawsuit. Is what you got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking production team of Ringu's sues your ass. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so he goes, there's this car accident. This car's, like, flipped over under an electrical pole. Yeah. All this, like, you know, the wires, the live wires are coming down and all this stuff. And he runs up, and this the woman in the car, like, slams up against the window, just yeah. like the TV, and is like, save my baby, my baby. So, and, again, it's like the future. He's seeing messages from the future. Is this yeah. Minority Report all of a sudden? <laughs> totally. Like, why is this premonition shit? He's, I thought I was yeah. watching a ghost movie. Ghosts aren't from the future. And or are they actually that fucking second Insidious movie? You guys see that? No, no. I never. Time traveling ghosts skipped it on purpose. I liked the first one, but I skipped the second. One. It's you're you're darn tootin'. There's time traveling ghosts wait, in wait. that movie. Is it a good or bad movie? <laughs> it's a bad movie. Okay, yeah. I just didn't know what that darn tootin' was implying. <laughs> I was I was saying darn tootin', Steve. You you pointed it out. But that's the thing is like the trailers for this movie, which I watched, all of them are like. 50% just talking about EVP phenomenon. Right. Elliot Gould versus Predator. And, <laughs> and the EVP phenomenon is like, EVP is when this happens and blah, blah. It's the same guy who sounds like the same guy who does Unsealed Alien Files. <laughs> is that a show? Oh, yeah. It's my oh, favorite yeah. show. Oh, yeah. What? Really? It's a, it's a it, conspiracy show that's on. It's, it's on like Netflix a, now, too. Yeah. <gasps> it's like a low rent one. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. like okay. really like, it, it's just like, and the case file. And. What is going on on the moon? <laughs> yeah, you get to see gotcha. a nice computer, a computerized case book kind of open up every time. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. It's like a CD-ROM game. <laughs> yeah. The 13th guest they're, or whatever they're, the they're, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Fu- 13th hour? I don't know. <laughs> 13th floor? <laughs> that, that was a all, movie. Yeah, 13th floor is a movie. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say their photos of their Gleep Glop aliens on there look like you know, computer game. Like puppet gleep glop aliens. Yeah, yeah like, okay. But it's, 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 the trailers are like, EVPs, when this happens, and blah, blah, blah. And, and they actually even bring up like actual cases of EVP throughout right. the days. And then it's like, also a Michael Keaton movie. But like halfway through <laughs> this movie, the movie gets bored with white noise. And it's like, what about the future? Like, yep. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so, so stupid. But you just reminded me, those trailers, I had kind of too much time invested in this movie like when those previews came out it was like go to whitenoisemovie.com to learn more about evp and i was like fuck yeah tv commercial and it's like two in the morning and i'm on this movie's like promo site and it's all like click here for an example of actual evp and i'm like fuck yeah promotional (laughs) website i don't give a shit that the sun's right around the corner and i'm just listening to these things and getting spooked out you know also totally had a white noise promotional t-shirt this movie came out i was still working summers at the multiplex between college semesters and they would give you like you know promo packs with the posters and like postcards and shit every once in a while like a t-shirt showed up and i was like say white noise t-shirt don't mind if i do 
I think I finally threw that t-shirt away, no joke, in like 2012. <laughs> it was like a gym t-shirt wow. for a while. Yeah. It was like a I'm moving and carrying boxes everywhere t-shirt. Yep. Oh, yeah, dude. You go to somebody's I... funeral, you want to let them know <laughs> that they might turn into white noise? Yeah, just, hey, hey, sorry for your loss, but I'm going to point at my t-shirt right now. Just make sure you're fucking aware. I'll hear you later, lady. <laughs> Got a handheld radio set to nothing. Hey, hey, stay off my TV. Speaking so, of funerals, so yeah. this this woman dies. He saves the baby. Right, so then we cut to the funeral, and it's... I got a real problem with strangers at funerals, yep. by the way. Keep that shit till after the service. Now, you know what? If you go to any Roman Catholic funeral, you're definitely going to get some old Italian lady that has no idea. They just work the circuit. Yeah, no, you're totally right. My dad actually knew a guy yeah. in his like hometown, which is like a small town, you yeah. know? This dude showed up to all the funerals yeah. to then go to the after reception oh, and get the fucking food, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, man, the after party's where it's at. <laughs> but this dude was mooching free food, and I was at a wake one time with my dad, and he was like, you see that scumbag over there? I was like, <laughs> I was like, Dad, we're at a wake. He's like, I've known that guy for 20 years. This piece of shit shows up to every funeral in town just so they get the food later. I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Sure enough, he showed up at the reception. Was he wearing a white noise t-shirt? <laughs> and it was me! <laughs> it was you from the future, because white noise oh! also means the future. Yeah, totally, dude. Twist ending. <laughs> so... <laughs> Michael Keaton and Deborah Kerr Ungerage at this funeral, and you know, uh, at the end, you know, the you know, a movie's shot in Canada when a star of Battlestar Galactica shows up. Oh my god, <laughs> I jumped up and down. And this when guy, I saw he, he works in like the Pod Bay or something. What's this yeah, guy's deal? Chief Galen. He he's works, fixing he, the yeah, planes. He works and the stuff. ships. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fighter pilot. Edward he's also Olmo. he's also sleeping with Grace Park there. Right? Yes, he's, yep. he's doing all right for himself. <laughs> Edward James almost goes up to him one time and goes. Get your fat ass back on the bay, chief. <laughs> this is my favorite line ever. Yeah, dude. Did he take that shit or what? Oh, oh no, he, he, Everyone took everything oh, yeah, from Dinner James Allman. Oh, really? He yeah. was never deposed on that show? Oh, dude, man. He's like, God. It's like, you, you know, no one spits in Picard's face, right? Oh, so oh, he's like Picard level. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. No, shit. I would, See, dude, yeah. You I, lo I love me some Picard. I... I I would work twice as hard for Edward James almost because you know what? He's yelling at you. And oh. if he yells at you, you're in a lot of trouble. I feel like I could goof off on Picard's ship. You know what I mean? Oh, like, oh yeah. Because you know what Picard does? And he was fucking famous for this, dude. He chews you out in front of everybody. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, Mr. Data, my quarters immediately. And then like he comes in. And he's like, Captain, about earlier. And he's like, no, no, Mr. Data. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, well, what the fuck did you yell at me for then? No, but you're a piece of shit. You're always going to be a piece of shit. I'm going to fucking airlock you. Yeah, he, he's just like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> and then he goes, now I'm going to go back to my quarters. And what does he do there? He doesn't call you in to have a little funny joke. He's, dr I'm drinking mystery whiskey from space. <laughs> And I'm smashing model ships. <laughs> he makes model as as far as I can tell, he makes model ships just to take his rage out of them. Yeah. Take that Picard. <laughs> That's pretty great. Although he does in generations break all those like, you're happy now? Every woman's like you all broke right. your stupid toys. I think it was first contact. Oh, you're right. First yeah. contact, excuse me. 
Uh, you know what? He wouldn't even have time for Alfred Woodard. Get off my ship, Alfred Woodard. <laughs> you goddamn <laughs> past ghost. Or whatever the fuck. Going then there's that him. other guy in that show that looks like John McCain and he's an alcoholic. Oh, Saul Ty. Yeah, yeah, he's a great character. Yeah. Right. Maybe I should watch that. You should. You, have, you have to. Um, <laughs> so back the, to White Noise and not anything to do with Battlestar Galactica. It's great because I was I was as excited as Eric because I was a fan and also like it's another recognizable actor at all that I could just look at and be like, right. I know that you're doing something right now. Four episodes <laughs> of that show and I got excited. I was like, that dude from Battlestar. <laughs> exactly. Thank God. Somebody in this fucking sea of nothing. <laughs> and you know, he's Is just... that, that's why they call it white noise. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's also uh, what they call Canada. <laughs> oh, and I you, love Canada, man. So do I, but it's you know a bunch of white noise. <laughs> the Northern Territories; those are that's where white noise happens. They call it the Great White White Noise, right? No, that's North. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Great White North. I thought it was noise. Mm. So Chief's got his baby, uh, and he's walking <laughs> away, and you know Michael Michael Keaton's like, "Oh, Chief, Chief, Chief," and he's like. What? He's like, oh, you know, oh, you're the guy that saved my baby. He's like, oh, thanks. He's like, hey, first of all, thanks so much for saving my baby. I appreciate you coming. Uh, you know, I would have nothing right now, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, but um, do you think your your wife was going to this medium because this, that, the other thing? is like, you know what? I really appreciate you saving my baby and all. And then he gets all chief mad at him and starts yelling at him. And he's yeah. like, he, he's just like, I don't want you around my kid. God damn it. Blah, blah, blah. It's awesome because he's like, he's like, I appreciate that you saved my baby. But now I need some space, and I need you and your weird friends <laughs> yes. to stay the fuck away from my family. And you're just like, oh, that dude's pissed. <laughs> and that's why strangers don't go to funerals. No, exactly. Because you're just pissing people off. That's why you get actors with credits under their belts to do short <laughs> parts, all right? So, But the thing that he, uh, this scene accomplishes is... Does it? not? Well, this is how he's like... The future, because oh, yeah. he's like, so, hey, man, your wife, like, you know, came, I saw it, like, before it happened. Isn't yeah. that weird? Stay the fuck away from my family. You know, my what the crucial thing that Chief says is my wife may have been into your stuff, but yeah, I think I, it's bullshit. Exactly. And then so Michael Keaton's like, oh, wait a second. Like, she was contacting Ian McNeese? That's weird. And then they start going back through the logbook, and it turns out, like... The grandmother contacted Ian McNeese. Chief's wife had a session with Ian McNeese. And he's, like, putting it together. Like, all these people that visited this guy are yeah. now getting bumped off for some reason. Did, they never established that, that Michael, Michael Keaton's wife... This was, is, like, the fourth time you've almost said Michael Douglas. Well, that's his no, God-given name anyway. <laughs> that's what? true. Oh, really? Michael Keaton's name is Michael Douglas. I've been lied to my whole life. <laughs> I know, I know him from the old neighborhood, so I call him Mikey Douglas. No, Michael Keaton. Uh, did they ever establish that Michael Keaton's wife had anything to do with this or what? No, That's right? the one thing is she doesn't come up in the logbooks. Okay. But then what I is mean, the spoiler alert, oh. the ghosts send a dude to kill her too. I mean, we'll get to it. But what it's is, not established. No, here's the thing. You're right. Is that the original? The you know the uh, heavy set individual that died you know the, what was his what was Ian McNeese he expunged all the records of her visiting right like your clients are dying and stuff yeah you gotta you gotta like put some distance between you and the uh, and oh the road, I think he's cooking the books <laughs> <laughs> well he is a he is a con man a con yeah, artist that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking at what point does 
And then he starts looking at his white noise, and he sees Deborah Kara Unger. Who's in the room when this happens, oh, so yeah. that's got to be uncomfortable. She's like, hey, what am I doing on white noise? Oh, fuck, man. And it's like her laying in a bed, and she's like, it hurts so much. <laughs> so she's like freaking out. They go to her apartment, right? And he's like, take some sleeping pills. I'll hang out with you. You know, it's fine. And she's like, what if I don't wake up from the sleeping pills? And he's like... It's cool. I don't know. This movie doesn't make any sense. Like, we'll figure it out. You know? So we're she's, making it up as we go along. Just go to sleep. Maybe the movie will be over. <laughs> so she's sleeping, and he, like, goes into the bathroom to take some aspirin. And when he, like, leans over the sink to put some water in his mouth, you see the three stooges fly down the hallway, like, <laughs> yeah. And it's a bullshit thing where, like, he's used this big, heavy doorstop to, like, keep the door open. Mm -hmm. And he comes out of the bathroom and the door's closed. And the doorstop's, like, rolling on the floor. And there's, like, light coming from under the door, like, poltergeist. And he's like, I know that white light anywhere. She's got a broken TV on in there. (laughs) And he goes in and she's fucking out on this ledge of her apartment, like a balcony or whatever. She's little weaponing herself. Yeah. (laughs) And she just gives a little, like, smirk. Which is totally a Bill H. Macy Boogie Nights smile before he blows his brains out. Yeah. It's like smirk drop off this balcony. And he does a real half. There's no like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't, don't, you know, don't make this mistake. He doesn't say anything. She smiles and drops. And then he's like, oh, no. <laughs> so she like falls down on this glass. She's still alive at the hospital. Bull effing shit yeah, totally no, she's totally dead it's that's it, a bunch of 20 nonsense fl- 20 stories also the ghost stuff and you were talking about poltergeist way scarier movie way better movie but like why can't this movie at least give me some poltergeist activity some some uh books flying around exactly or maybe There's- show me like these the, the those those ghosts start to possess her because that's the theory that's here. Creepy. Yeah, right. I mean, and that's another thing that doesn't make any sense at all. We don't establish that, you know, Chief's wife was like possessed while driving the car yep. and like flipped it on purpose. Like you don't see any of that. This is the first, and this is like there's 15 minutes left of the movie, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're possessing people. Come on. It's bullshit. And she's alive for no reason. Totally no. She reason. has a black eye. That's it. Yeah. Like it's well, we also find out she's paralyzed from the waist yeah, down I afterwards. That's, that's a rough ride. But you're not you're not living through this. Nope. And then that the detective shows up and he's like, "Oh, you again," <laughs> and just like starts slowly writing Put in a him notepad. In jail. Yeah, this seriously. guy belongs in jail. And he's like, "Hey, man, are you going to be around later?" And Michael Keaton. This is the only time it ever kind of comes close to this. Yeah. He's like, "If you're asking if I'm going to skip town." No, I'll be home. Like, I'll be at my apartment. And he's like, okay, good, because uh, this is starting to get a little stupid. <laughs> and I so, feel my- like, one more of these, and my boss is going to get real mad at me that I didn't arrest you. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's been telling me to arrest you all week, and I'm like, no, I'll give him a chance. <laughs> so he goes home, like, Michael Keaton goes home from the hospital, and his place has been turned. Like, they've turned this place inside out. Ghosts, that is. What are they looking for? (laughs) See, that's the thing is, give me a shot of this apartment being ripped apart. Totally. Don't just have some PAs knock shit over. (laughs) (laughs) And how cool would that be, too, right? It's just like, you can picture the scene, right? It's like Michael Keaton's J-horror apartment, right? And then all of a sudden, like, 
the TVs start turning on like yeah. one by one, and you start hearing like kind of like a rumbling, groan noise or something yeah. like that. And then it's like in Ghostbusters two in the yeah. courtroom scene when the chairs just start yeah, flipping, sure. right? right? Like TVs just start going flying, Maybe and computers fly through the window. His eggs start cooking on their own. <laughs> Exactly, dude. Anything is possible. Instead, he just comes back and he's like, what was the mafia looking for something? Like, <laughs> exactly. what, what is you, happening? You basically never, ever see anything paranormal happen in this movie at all. Unless it's on a dumb, broken TV. Or then at the end where the where the ghosts come. Oh, but that's God. it. We'll get there. It's right around the corner. So he's like, oh, shit. He looks on the TV. One of the TVs is still on. He sees what uh, there's this woman missing um, pretty famously in the movie. Like it's another showing. famous missing person of Canada. Apparently. And you know what? If I'm the detective, I'm like, who could be behind this? <laughs> That's the thing is, man, just lock him up for a little bit. And they have he's already determined, by the way, that this missing woman also went to Ian McNeese at one point. Yes. So he's like, oh, that's he, it. he's seeing her like, oh, she's still alive. Like, how can we put the pieces together? Ugh. He goes to his construction site, which is where like. That's what I was. I was wondering is th- it's his site. Yes, right? because there's this really stupid scene that oh, sets up. Oh, right. In oh, the middle of the man. movie, like he's like, you know, he's it's just one of his many sort of getting fucked with ghosts in the cheapest way possible. He's got like, <laughs> the as most architects do, like, you know, uh. Tom Selleck in Three Men and a Baby is a big famous architect, and he's always worried about the bi- the building inspector showing up. Oh, my God. The yep. building inspector shows up. The elevator gets stopped, uh, and he's like, oh, that's weird. And then this this totally innocuous construction worker is like, hey, man, you guys okay? Yeah. That is it. Totally that's it. So then he goes back to the construction site, and it's like it just happens to be catty corner from where they found the wife because yeah. there's a shot like earlier in the movie where he goes to like – the accident site yeah and peers out and whatever so it's like oh she was driven there for some reason or whatever but so he goes into the building he breaks in and he's like walking around and you just hear this this scream the same scream recording like throughout the scene and he's like oh so someone's in here okay you know he's putting the pieces together goes up like a couple flights there's like a saw style or like a hostile style like torture table with all these devices on it and you're like what the fuck what movie am i watching exactly he goes up another flight of stairs and there is um an- another uh, uh computer station there's another electronic command center like just built in this construction site and you're like just for white noise gets the best white noise yeah. in, in <laughs> all like, of the provinces are they not working on this site anymore exactly like, like, is like you're g- setting up this like it's like a sliver-esque command center. <laughs> and so then he goes up another flight, and there's this woman tied to a chair. And you're like... But she's, like, tied in a vice. This is, a, again, a yes. saw, like... Yeah, there's, like, a fucking metal band around her forehead, you know, like, crazy shit. about shit. to get real. And so then, like, he kind of leans over, and he's like, I got to check around this corner so I can see everything that's in this room. And standing there... Is that construction worker from the elevator scene God. from an hour ago? It's Scooby Doo. Yes. Yeah, it's oh, it was the it, it was the man from the old mill at the start. Yeah. And so he's like, the construction guy is like, "Sorry, Michael Keaton. They told me to do it. They tell me to do everything." And he's like, "Oh." 
And then he turns around and looks up, and those three shadows... Yui, who, Dewey, and Louie. And this is... I'm sorry, but this is, the, this is the moment in a movie like this where you get some bullshit parlor scene yes. of who these ghosts are and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you know what, filmmakers? like It doesn't make it any more scary or exciting right. that you just never find out the identity of these ghosts. No. Like just, I'm sorry, it's just shitty computer shadows. Have a ghost walk down there and, and go to Michael Keaton since you're going to die anyway, <laughs> yeah. I might as well tell you. Exactly. Why not? So- oh, no, the Gremlins ate the parlor scene. <laughs> now this movie don't make no sense. Hey, Gremlins, we're missing a whole reel down here. <laughs> I can't follow this now. Thanks a lot, Gremlins. And you're like, Jesus, Hulk Hogan, I know. It's so dumb. And, you know, and at this point he realizes his wife didn't just slip in the river after all. This, she was murdered by this fucking guy. Thanks this, a lot, Vancouver police. Totally. This rando guy just murdered her. And so, like, the guy, like, goes for the lady who's tied up. And Michael Keaton's like, hey, man, that's not cool. And then these <laughs> ghosts are like, hey, man, that's not cool. <laughs> fucking grambling and so like these three ghosts come down and start bullying him and beating him up and he gets murdered by a ghost tornado just these three ghosts going around in a circle like tearing at him and yeah like breaking limbs and shit and then they push him off you know there's no like uh you know barricades anywhere or anything they push him off the floor and he falls like a bunch of stories you don't really see what happens but hey ghosts Kill your own ladies. What does this guy even have to do with anything? Why, why yeah, is he why? even here? If they could do things corporeally, why do they need to possess anybody? Exactly. If you're possessing Deborah Kara Unger, yes. why right. do you need to possess this dude to make him do things you want to do? Just possess those people and make them do things. And or use your ghost hands that move things and break Michael Keaton's legs. Or <laughs> totally. If you're going to have a ghost worshiper in this movie, <laughs> have someone fight the ghost worshiper. Exactly. Right? Yep. There's the, like, you have a giant pe- fight. That's where that fucking psychic character comes in. She's like, you got a level five bow rod on your hands. Yeah. Oh, I'll go. I'll help you out. And this lady's like doing all shit to like cast him out like you need michael keaton to team up with that lady like that's something how this or, or movie works team up with chief get him back get chief, get chief to box this guy while you handle handle the ghosts oh or, yeah that's how you settle all the old scores <laughs> yeah or ian mcneese ghost like comes out of a tv yes, and he's him. like not today you know oh dude michael keaton brings one of Ian's actual TVs. Yes. Drops it on the floor, plugs it in, (laughs) and then turns it on, and then he just he shoots out at the three ghosts. Totally. Yeah, man. Looks like I've got myself a couple of string beans. And then he rolls up his sleeves and he goes, Sorry for the delay, Ace. (laughs) He's got like he's got like a a a fighter ace scarf on. (laughs) Flying into battle. Oh, anything. RAF style. So and then, he's the main character of your movie, and he dies in 14 seconds, and you're like, wait, what? Oh, oh. Like, okay. he just vanishes, and then they cut to, like, you don't see him fall, mm. right? Like, he, the ghosts attack him with this tornado. They break his legs, they make a, a little CGI puppet Michael Keaton. Yeah, and so he's like, <laughs> he just disappears, it goes quiet, and then it cuts to this wide shot of the guy, like, with this woman strapped to the chair, and he's like, oh, well, now that that's done... 
let's get down to some Eli Roth shit. And he, like, goes at this woman, and then all of a sudden he's assassinated, and there's a SWAT team there somehow. The, de- the detective, he had called the detective at some point. He's like, hey, if you're getting this, I'm probably dead already or some such. But such that such. dude, he calls him from an alleyway, and it's this whole thing of, like, I'm, I'm at here, like, come down, blah, blah, blah. But then you see the detective who's at Michael Keaton's apartment. Yeah. He discovers, like, the, the fucked up scene and everything. He can barely hear it. And he, you see him look at the phone. He's like, what? <laughs> wow, whatever. And hangs up the phone. So it makes no sense that the police would get here on time. Nope. They assassinate this dude. And then there's this detective like, huh, okay, I guess this person was behind all those murders I didn't want to suspect Michael Keaton of. <laughs> and the ghosts are like, Jeez, it's a fence! <laughs> totally. And they run away. Get back in the TV! The fucking SWAT team's here! No room in here! It's me, Ian McNeese! <laughs> this is my TV! It's like an old Looney Tunes cartoon. All the TVs are coming on. All the ghosts are inside of them. And then, like, some SWAT team dude is like, Hey, uh, detective, over here! And, like, you know, they you see this, like... Low angle shot of them looking down a couple of flights and it cuts to the other side of what they're looking at. And it's just Michael Keaton just dead. Didn't that guy play Birdman once? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Birdman was behind it. (laughs) Don't you mean Batman? No, I mean Birdman. (laughs) And then we just cut to his funeral and Deborah Kara Unger is just in a wheelchair at the funeral and then like this is like the sequel to her character in crash by the way it's just like <laughs> that's where that leads yep you see like the mother takes the kid in the van mother played by nobody just a yeah. nobody actress just another ghost <laughs> yeah they get in the van and then it's like it's so terrible the way they do this it's this like seven second static shot of this car radio mm-hmm. and you're like okay car radio <laughs> turn on any time now <laughs> And sure enough, it turns on, and it's flipping through all the stations. And then you hear Michael Keaton like, I'm sorry, Mikey. I'm sorry, Mikey. And the three of them are sitting in the van like, what the fuck? Because you never really know if the wife knows what he's up to. No, She's not a character in this movie. You know, if it was a thing where it's like, you're looking for ghosts in your TV. That's so stupid. It's never addressed. Nope. Like, she knows something's up with him, but there's never a scene where it's discussed. And she never stops putting that kid over there, so that that means that she's probably okay with whatever's totally going cool on. She's totally cool with it, right? And so, like, he comes on, and she recognizes, like, it's Michael Keaton, and she just turns the radio off, like, huh, well, let's not discuss that ever again. Then we cut to Deborah Kara Unger, and then she's hearing all sorts of white noise from nowhere. You see the three shadows go across the cemetery, <sighs> and... and- you cut back to Michael Keaton or something and his wife as ghosts. Th- that's the very last shot of the movie is a static TV and Michael Keaton and his wife like walk into the frame and it cuts to credits. But before that, they do another cheap ass movie scare where she's sitting in that wheelchair and she's like, huh, looking around, sunny day. And the like the shadows go by and she's just like looking around, looking around. And she very quickly turns her head like this. They do a big sound scare, yeah. and it just cuts. That's nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, movie. That's nothing. Nothing happened there. Nope. An Zero. old man farted and almost was brought to his knees. <laughs> That's what she heard. He had to steady himself <laughs> in the cold. Yeah, and then you see the two of them, like, static, like walk through the static. And you're like, oh, hey, Michael Keaton's a ghost. Credits. End of the movie. So stupid. There's no least... Sa- there's no less satisfying... And it, 
eight out of ten ghost movies end this way where somebody now now you're one of the ghosts. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you're totally right. Now so, now you're haunting this house. In White Noise Two, are they trying to bust Michael Keaton's ghost now? Or no, it's White Noise Two is Nathan Fillion, and it's, it's more Starbuck of, from, yeah. <laughs> from Battlestar Galactica. You're right, and the the two of them are. It's more of like the predicting future accident shit. Oh come I on! I haven't I haven't seen it, but that's like the plot synopsis. So I don't think they're trying to search for Michael Keaton. I don't. I can't confirm or deny whether or not you see a newspaper clipping of him. I'm <laughs> sure it's somewhere. something like that, you know. Uh, and then, it, and then the final thing that it ends with, because this movie loves just making you read shit about EVP. It's like each year there's ten thousand cases of EVP reported or whatever, right. and then the last line is like, "And one out of twelve always are malignant spirits." That's well. You could make up statistics to say anything well, you want. I guess here's yep. the thing: like, oh, it's like one out of twelve ghosts are jerks. <laughs> so, like, f- fucking f- six out of twelve people are jerks. <laughs> so the ghosts have better stats. Yeah, I'm liking the odds. <laughs> well, the movie also opens with a, a quote from Thomas Edison. Oh, grow up! Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, grow up, Thomas Edison. <laughs> you know, it's Edison talking about like. Oh, well, if it would be possible to, like, record the conversations from the dead, like, we should get working on that, because how cool would that be? And then, <laughs> or whatever. And then it's, like, Thomas Edison. And what that is doing is saying, like, see, moviegoer, this is some real shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, well, Thomas Edison approved. <laughs> Thomas Edison approved of White Noise the movie. Because unfortunately, he's been dead a long time. Not even his ghost would approve of this movie. Dude, he white noised on the set that day, and he was, like... I invented a lot of things, but I, not even my big brain could invent a great script like this. <laughs> my blessing. Would anybody recommend this movie? No, because Michael Keaton apologized for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Explain that fact. Apparently on the DVD commentary, he was he said that he phoned in a lot of his performance and he apologized to the director and anyone who saw this movie. And once you know that, when you go back and watch this movie, you can spot those points like nobody's business. He doesn't even like he has one scene of Michael Keaton freak out, which I'm like, oh, finally. But like. There needs to be more of that, especially if he's scared. Like, he needs to be, like, Michael Keaton around. Yeah, he's just bored as shit this entire time. Even when it's like, hey, man, I can guarantee you that you can hear your dead wife over this computer recording. He's like, yeah, that's cool. And it's not the character being skeptical. Or depressed or anything. The character is supposed to be into it. And he's like, well, how about that? (laughs) I heard her. And you're like, holy shit, man. And he's all that there is in this movie, and that when the, he's not working, nobody's working. Would you recommend this, Eric? No, but I would recommend Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend it, anything with yeah. Gremlins. Or Beetlejuice, or Poltergeist, <laughs> or whatever else is on TV today. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, whatever else. I would recommend the, uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose over this movie. And oh, that's man, a that's... snoozy ghost legal thriller. For sure. Oh, man, no, I would not recommend this movie at all. I've been sitting on this movie for a long time, saw it in theaters. I mean, I've I've wasted so many minutes of my life. You've thought about this movie a lot, because every time you put that shirt on, (laughs) it crosses your mind. I thought about the time I spent a Saturday morning at the movies watching White Noise, and it was like, I went with a buddy, and he was just like, dude, we shouldn't have gone to see this movie. (laughs) Like, it was over with. He was like, that's... I could have been doing anything else. I was like, I'm sorry, dude. We, we didn't pay for it at and, least. And now you're no longer friends. <laughs> I was best man at his wedding. 
He got over it. He, he must have. <laughs> <laughs> Still harbors some resentment, though. That's White Noise from 2005, directed by Jeffrey Sachs. If you want to get a hold of us and find out more information about We Hate Movies, check out our website, whmpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at whmpodcast. Be sure to come check us out at the Lilypad, March 21st, 8 p.m. in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We will be talking about the saddest movie Steve's ever seen, The Green Lantern. The, go- the, the parallax in that, the big monster, kind of looks like these three ghosts a little bit. You're totally right. A little bit. This movie could have used some more like Green Lantern special effects, I feel. Could have used mm-hmm. a lot more things. They could have used a ship monster, which Green Lantern has, which we'll be making fun of. WHMpodcast.brownpapertickets.com. Pick up your tickets in advance. We will not be selling them at the door. Um, and on a, on a cool note, we have some cool news to report here at... At the WHM offices. Ain't it cool news? <laughs> no, no, no. Just regular cool oh, news. Just, all right, uh, oh, regular cool news? <laughs> just regular, new, regular cool news.com, dude. Um, this is the last episode of the show where we will be an independent podcast. As of next week's episode, uh, we will be very happy in joining the Sideshow Network, the Sideshow Podcast Network. Very cool group of folks over there. Yeah, we're, um, getting, we're getting hitched. We're getting hitched. We are getting hitched to a network, man. It's very exciting stuff. Uh, they have a lot of great shows over there. Check out sideshownetwork.tv. And they got uh, Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. Dude, I'm hoping that like through this signing, we get to meet Gilbert. How cool would that be to meet Gilbert it, Godfrey? It'd be amazing. Um, yeah, so sideshownetwork.tv. Go check out their shows. They got a lot of good stuff on there. We are officially joining the network next week. Uh, and, you know, let's just to get people excited for, for the new network, you know, I will say this. It's going to be the same We Hate Movies. Yeah. Nothing's changing. Nothing is changing at all. You know, we just got a great support system behind us now, you know? Yeah, I'm just being, I'm being replaced, but nobody would care. Oh, yeah. That, it, uh, <laughs> the contract didn't pan out for Steve. <laughs> Steve's being replaced by a talking dog. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. No, no, no. All four of us are coming over to the Sideshow Network. It's going to be very cool. Uh, and, and, you know, let's not tease it. Let's, like, get people excited. Next week's episode of Steve Sadak, what are we talking about? Teen Wolf 2. Holy crap. The Jason Bateman, like, fake sequel practically an oingo boingo musical <laughs> man i would love to just watch a, f- a feature length oingo boingo musical <laughs> so next week we debut on sideshow everything's staying the same your itunes subscriptions are the same you can stream us on stitcher you can stream us on our app you can stream us on our website uh we will now have a soundcloud page which i believe is whmpodcast.soundcloud.com You'll be able to listen to us on sideshownetwork.tv. So just more places to get the show, but wherever you get it now, you can still get it. But go check out sideshownetwork.tv. As of next week, we are a part of the Sideshow family. We're very excited about that. So next week, Teen Wolf 2, Good Gravy. We are starting uh, this network debut with a crazy sequel. I'm very excited about this. So until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Steven Seda. Take it easy.